Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, we are so pleased you are joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernial. Carol, as many of you know, is executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. Carol, it's really good to see you. That's nice to be here. I want to spend a little time talking about, uh, from your perspective, uh, what's happening with COVID-19, because the uh, WellMed Charitable Foundation and you and, and your staff have really been hip deep in what has transpired since uh, a year ago, March, probably a year ago, February. So bring us up to date. Well, you know, it's um, it's interesting because I feel like we've entered phase two of COVID. Uh, last year, at about this time last year, when, when we noticed the COVID and we had to shut down, we had to rework the way we did everything. Uh, everything moved online. We all went home. We all took our electronics. You know, the caregivers suddenly didn't have adult daycare. Maybe they couldn't get Meals on Wheels anymore. Uh, and we had food insecurity. We had to set up grocery delivery and, and other ways for people to get food. And, and it was a tremendous amount of work. And then that kind of became, we all hunkered down and that was kind of the normal. Well, what happened this year? At the first of the year, all of a sudden we have vaccine. And so um, we have had, we have, we also run senior activity centers, senior centers, and we have them throughout Texas and Florida. And they've been closed for this entire time. Uh, and we decided to partner with Wellman Medical Management to help get vaccine out. So we know a lot of older persons who are at risk, where do they go? They know their senior center. These are large spaces. They're not used. And we con- started converting um, our senior centers into mass vaccination centers. And so we have spent, uh, since the weekend of New Year's, uh, kind of developing that model. What does that look like? And what that looks like is removing a lot of furniture, uh, getting rid of the pool tables, getting rid of the couches, uh, away the table, you know, the other the the tables, moving exercise equipment. It's uh, you know, we because you we want to we want to cure COVID, we want to give people COVID, and so you've got to create all of that space to keep people six feet apart and get the masks and get the people that draw the vaccine, the people that shoot the vaccine, the the observation area, you have to sit there for 15 minutes. Uh, We find that a lot of reactions happen at minute 13, which is kind of interesting. So we don't want you to cheat. We don't, everybody's got a time assigned for they can get up. Uh, And we have a physician walking around, looking at people to make sure they haven't had any reactions. Uh, And so it's been fascinating to do all this. And you also got into the meal delivery business. Well, in the meal delivery business, my goodness, uh, we've been, we've delivered, uh, it's 5,000 orders, but it's, it's tens of thousands of meals um, because, uh, you know, a a bag, a food box or a bag of groceries will get X amount of meals in it. Uh, And we've been doing that for the last year. But the, you know, I think the vaccine, the the grocery delivery might've been a little bit easier um, because the grocery stores had to set up infrastructure. Once they got their online ordering and the delivery services, you know, right. kind of staffed up, then that was a little bit easier. But where we are in the vaccine world is, um, if anybody's watched the news, they know we, at this point, 
don't have a steady supply of vaccine, we will find out on Friday if we're going to have any vaccine for Monday. And so you can't make reservations for beyond this week. Uh, and, and one of the interesting things that we're doing with WellMed is we're only doing telephone reservations because the online, a lot of cities have online reservations. Right. And those like uh, 9,000 online reservations in San Antonio sell out in six minutes. Wow. So if you're not uh, computer savvy or you don't have any internet connection, how are you going to ever get an appointment? Whereas the telephone reservation system, it is the great equalizer. Everybody has just as good a chance of dialing the number as anybody else. And so it, it makes sure everybody levels the playing field. It does mean, by example, we had 9,000 shots the first week. We had 5.8 million phone calls for 9,000 slots. Say that again. 5.8 million phone calls. As in million? Million. Wow. For 9,000 slots, which tells you at San Antonio is 1.7 million people, including children, uh, which tells you how many times all of those people call. Now, I remember I uh, recorded a voice on hold uh, for that phone system, and I didn't realize how overwhelmed it was. Part of the uh, uh, copy was, if you haven't gotten through, hang up and try again. And I know some people I've read in the newspaper tried literally four or five hundred times before they got through. Yeah, we actually, the call center actually had some, uh, they identified, I think the first day, there were 18 people who had called 300 times. And she reached out and called those 18 people and got them scheduled. Oh, wow. Uh, but, you know, you're correct. We, there are people who have called literally hundreds of times, uh, set it on auto dial. With somebody say they got through in 10 minutes. We were like, how did you get through in 10 minutes? That was yeah. just sheer dumb luck. And and people are mad, right? They're mad. And that's going on all over the country that people are mad. They can't get through the phone lines. They can't get through the reservation system. But it's supply and demand. The right. supply is very small. And the demand is everybody in the country, everybody on earth. We have never had a situation. You know, you can think about um, a new restaurant opening you know, back in the day or a new store and how, how crowded it would be or how hard it was right. to get a reservation. Okay. Well, that was just the people that wanted to eat at that restaurant. We're talking about everybody in a community that wants a vaccination. It is an astronomical number. Wow. Now, if you've just joined us, you are listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernia. We're talking about uh, the experience with both the Wellmet Charitable Foundation and WellMed Medical Management in, in trying to get vaccines into the arms of literally thousands and thousands of people. I want to come back for a moment because you mentioned that the senior centers have all been closed, uh, but the staff was serving hot meals in the parking lot uh, to many of their clients, which was a, a phenomenal job. That's right. And, and so right now we are still doing curbside meals, drive by where our senior center members drive around, pick up a meal or pick up multiple meals uh, and go home. And last year we did over 500,000. So half a million curbside meals in the sun and the wind and the rain and the cold. Our people have been standing outside for almost a year passing out meals. And the other thing they've done that just knocked me over is they have recorded a number of training videos to get folks up and moving. They've done uh, literally a uh, hundred or so of those uh, videos that people can access. So it's virtual gym uh, when it comes to uh, uh, what you're looking to do. Right. We've got, in fact, if um, 
anybody's interested, if you look on our, it's on our Facebook page and it's, um, was it Seniors of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, Active Seniors of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, you can, uh, or just put in WellMed Charitable Foundation on YouTube, you can find our exercise videos. We're redoing our website. We're going to get them up on our website where they live there as well, and you can locate them. But we have fitness videos. We have cooking videos, nutrition, uh, arts and crafts. We have some really nice arts and crafts. And I would just say to any caregiver who's out there, if you haven't dabbled uh, into the online world of either the exercise or art or cooking, you know, there's a lot of great stuff. There's some crazy stuff out there. So skip this crazy stuff and just go find something fun uh, that maybe you could do with your loved one or maybe would be a nice break for you. So Carol, talk to me a little bit about how you literally had to change what you do and how you do it uh, from January 2020 to now in 2021. You've turned the operation literally upside down and backwards. Well, we, you know, moving to no in-person services or uh, services in person with as little contact as possible. I mean, I think the thing I I, I mourn the most is that um, other people, people outside of your bubble, outside of your <laughs> family, you know, um, unknowingly are the other people that might have COVID. Right. And so. Uh, you know, we, we moved to Zoom platforms and, and telephone platforms and taking everything where people could didn't have to be together physically to participate. Um, and what we found, you know, is that we are reaching people that we were just plain missing even before COVID. And so that's kind of been the big eye opener for us is that there are so many people who, like a lot of caregivers listening to the show, home with their loved ones, they're never going to come to our senior center. They may never have the opportunity to come to an in-person support group. And so um, it's, it's been a game changer. We will always have a hybrid mix in the future. Even when we're back together, rubbing shoulders, all in person, we, there is still a place for this online connection for those who can't get out. Now, what's the experience been in the Rio Grande Valley where you recently opened up another senior center? Well, we, we've opened a, we opened, quote, unquote, a senior yeah. center We've never, I've never seen it. We've never been in the building. We've never done anything inside the building. We are going to use it as a vaccination center. Um, but that hasn't stopped people from finding us. We're currently serving, I think the last one that I saw, it's around 300 meals um, at a time uh, wow. at, that, at that particular center. And so, you know, what's important is that all of our communities have rallied around the needs of older persons and caregivers during COVID. And we've tried to make it work, how, however that is, um, and it, whether it's a, a, a at curbside or delivered by somebody or dropped in your driveway or online, you know, that's what we're doing. You know, people often say that uh, change is very difficult for folks, but your staff seems to have embraced it. Well, I, I'm not sure that any of us really had a choice. <laughs> I, would, I would like to say, you know, our team and a lot of teams, a lot of nonprofits have done it because it's the right thing to do. And we we desperately want to be able to help. Um, but necessity is the mother of invention. And so in order for us to to provide that help to get to reach the people we needed, you know, we had to shift gears. We absolutely had to. Now, you had decided before COVID hit uh, that one of the issues you would address uh, in, in 21 was food insecurity. Uh, and who knew 
it would become such a huge issue. Well, you know, food insecurity in many parts of the country um, is has been an issue uh, that was only exacerbated. So uh, whether it was a family, the breadwinner losing a job and you couldn't pay for the food, whether it was you're in your house and you, you know, it's too dangerous to go to the grocery store, uh, you know, and, and you can't afford those delivery services. Delivery services are very expensive. Yes. It really adds up. They are. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, to being able to, um, you know, a normal, like if you were getting your meal at a, at a senior center or, uh, you know, going out to lunch, you know, you, you don't have access to that food anymore. I think now a lot of places, the drive throughs uh, for at least for restaurants or a lot of restaurants are doing the drive through business. Um, but, you know, just having to, to re rethink, reimagine what that looks like. And food insecurity was already a problem, and it just got much, much worse. I think everybody in the United States has seen the pictures of the San Antonio Food Bank. Right. Long lines around uh, the the, um, Alamo Dome, people waiting to get food boxes. And many of the folks in line had never been in a food bank, had never needed help before, and yet there they were. Yes, yes. I mean, and, and I'm sure that there are people listening who can identify with that, probably know somebody. I, you know, I, I, I know multiple people who lost their jobs uh, during this COVID time, and especially if you've got kids, you've got a family to feed, and and some of these, you know, especially like musicians, um, where there's just hardly any work at all. Uh, you know, some some of the bars and the restaurants have opened a little bit, but it's tough everywhere. I, you know, um, some of us. I, I know people who are just sending checks uh, to people who worked in bars and worked as a musician and worked just to help, you know, help them pay the bills. Well, there's no jobs now for musicians, very few for servers, as you point out. And how do they make it? How do they get through? What are they doing? Well, a lot of them are in those lines. Um, and so we're having to get creative. Uh, it's interesting now looking at some of the arts and music uh, benefits that they're having or or the new ways they're putting on plays. So you can, you know, Broadway's closed. How else can you get new plays out there or put on productions? Uh, people are getting creative. And I think that a lot of us are getting used to the Brady Bunch Live, which is <laughs> the computer screen and all the little boxes. Uh, and and right. we're, we're getting accustomed. I saw a hyster- hysterical skit on one of the comedy shows where they did a whole soap opera with nine boxes of uh, people interacting with each other. And it was a big fight and they're yelling at each other and it's all through the computer screens, but it was very, very clever, very well done uh, and entertaining. We're going to come right back to you. If you've just joined us, you're listening to caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host Carol Zernio. Thank you for joining us on caregiver SOS on air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello. So, Carol, let's talk about 
COVID-19 and how people are coping with it and how big the threat is? Well, you know, the the threat is, um, even with the vaccine, is really uh, the same as it has always been. And it's going to be that way for a while. Uh, you know, and, and probably all of us have had that sinking feeling um, when we've uh, listened to the news that um, the vaccine is is going to help us eventually get out of this COVID period that we're in, but it's not going to be immediately. We're still going to have to social distance, wear masks. It's going to take till the summer, late summer, sometime later this year, not any time in the spring before we can get herd immunity. And that's without all the variants that we've heard, all the changes in the COVID disease that are kind of changing the game on us as we go along. Uh, and so for caregivers, for all of us, we are going to have to um, get, make ourselves okay. You know, and I know that it's hard where, you know, especially if you're a caregiver, you're trying to make yourself okay with being a caregiver, but make ourselves okay with this is the, this is it. This is the hand we are dealt. This is the world that we are living in. And um, that's the rules. So how does a caregiver get their care recipient vaccinated when they can't leave the house? I've started in a couple of cities here in Texas, at least, the fire departments are starting to do in-home vaccinations. So I oh. know of a couple of cities that they've given an allotment of vaccine to the emergency the fire departments, those trained to provide back um, any kind of shot or medical assistance, uh, which maybe that's all of them. I don't know. Uh, and they are doing Meals on Wheels routes uh, and getting lists of homebound older persons in communities. So that's just another piece of the puzzle. Hey, we, don't, we don't have enough vaccine for everybody. Uh, we're trying to get those most in need. And so balancing someone who never gets out of the house to someone who is an older person with chronic illness that does get out of the house. You know, so I think they, they prioritize the healthcare workers older persons with chronic illness, they're trying to get to those 75 plus that are living uh, in homes and can't get out because certainly they need that. Um, if that's the reason that they're staying at home. Uh, but it's just been, um, it's a big juggling act. See, people listening may say, you know, if they can't get out of the house, how are they going to be exposed to COVID? They're, they're safe there. Well, I mean, to a certain degree, you are safe there, but that means having everything brought in, everything delivered, depending on the area, it may or may not be safe for you to, you know, go out and walk on the sidewalk. Uh, some places are too congested. I've got a son that lives in Washington, D.C. He can't, he goes out and walks on the sidewalk. There's no, he's not six feet apart from everybody all the time. No. There's too many people um, out there as well. And so, you know, I, it's important to uh, stay in contact with your primary care physician to find out if they are going to be able to provide vaccinations eventually, or if they really think that your chance, best chance is going to be to either sign up online or call a call center, who has the vaccine in your neighborhood, how are they prioritizing it, and get yourself mm -hmm. on the list. And, I, I, you know, it's everybody's frustrated right now. Everybody is frustrated by the COVID and by the lack of vaccine. Now, I just got my second shot. So uh, am I going to have to have a booster at some point for all these different variants? Well, you know, I'm not a scientist and I just listen to what Dr. Fauci says. Um, most right. Of the He's time. my hero. 
Yeah, because it's you know he's the guy, he's the man, uh, right. and I did hear him say that it's a possibility that with the two shots, if there are mutations in the disease, that it may be that we get a booster shot on top of that that will address those changes. And so I guess we're, we all have to be curious and keep an open mind. Now, when you take a look at the kind of work that uh, uh, folks with the WellMed Charitable Foundation, uh, those with Comfort Care, the driving service and other volunteers have done, especially through the delivery service, they're going up to a lot of homes. Are they leaving at, at, at the door front or are they actually connecting with people in the homes? Well, um, most of the transportation services, and that includes comfort care, you know, are, are not going inside a home. You wouldn't want somebody from outside of your household in your home. Right. Uh, and so it is from either from the front door or from the curb into the vehicle. And then for food delivery uh, that you all are involved in or other items, laundry detergent, whatever it may be. Are you leaving that outside or are you carrying it in? Um, you know, that I think that's a great question, too. Most of the time, if, if there's something big, we will try to arrange with that person if we're making a delivery because we do deliver groceries. Um, if it's something big, uh, how do how do they how do they perceive getting it into the house? Uh, or do they have a way to do that or are they going to need us to do that? Uh, because it's not, it's, it's a risk on both sides, right? Both the person that lives in the house and the person going into the house are both at risk. Right. So that those are those things. That's what's, you know, um, it, it, COVID has taken the spontaneity out of a lot of our lives. You know, you, you have to plan in advance um, of how you're going to do that. You always have to have a plan. Um, and that means, you know, like I never go out the door that I don't have hand sanitizer or alcohol to spritz you know, a face mask, a backup face mask in case something happens to one. So I always have two face masks on me at all times, uh, you know, and a cell phone because sure enough, you get outside the house, something happens. Um, you know, you got to be able to contact somebody. You got to be able to have a mask uh, and, and keep people safe. And, and, you know, you need a way to keep your hands clean. And now we're you know, told like we... those old diaper bags, like having the kid all over again. Exactly. We're told now that you may have to double mask. Well, you know, I've been double masking for a long time, so I don't have any problem with that, uh, with the double mask. I know I I feel fortunate because the masks don't seem to bother me. Um, I do know other people that eat any kind of mask is absolutely claustrophobic. uh, And, you know, it does make people, it is harder to breathe. I've had a couple of situations where it felt that way. But for me, with a surgical mask, and then a cloth mask um, over it that with the surgical mask, they're so big. There's like one size for adults. And I try to kids, but a kid's like barely covers your mouth. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's small. And so I uh, get the surgical because I don't like that. I don't like how tight it is. I tie the loops around my ears or I'll put a shoestring around the back. Um, I have some adjustable cloth masks that pull it flat against my face. And so I double mask that way. I, I heard a, uh... A description on uh, one of the news services last night about how to be sure your mask is working for you. And they said, put the mask on, light uh, either a lighter or a match, and try to blow it out. If you can blow it out, your mask is too porous. Ah, I have not tried that test. Yeah, but nobody has matches anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I only pick up matches at restaurants. I don't think I've ever bought matches. Right. But I did recently asked my husband because we had a birthday party in the house. Ah. Oh, are, is that the is that the last of the matches that we had? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but blowing that out, I guess you could do a candle too. Uh, is a pretty good test, and I haven't tried it yet, but I hadn't heard that either. Makes yeah. sense. Well, and, and, you know, you know, checking a mask, you know, do you, because a lot of times I'll see people that either, they're big gaps, like, right? You can see their face on the sides, under the sides of their mask. Right. That's, you know, that is too loose. It should be flat against your face here. And I, and I like to have a mask that has a wire on the top that you can fit over right. your nose so that it keeps the top part. Exactly. Now, as you think about, and we got about 30 seconds left, well, what was the big lesson for you in all this? What did Carol Zernia learn about Carol Zernia? Mm, I think that, you know, I I learned my whole life. I have been wondering what it was like for my father in the Great Depression and what World War One and World War Two was like. And history does repeat itself. Right. You know, right. For every generation comes something, something that is so big. It is bigger than you and your tiny little life. And I have realized how, you know, I've always said we were at the beck and call of small organisms, and I hate being proved right that, you know, a virus could take us out. Uh, but for the whole world to be in the same situation has been a very humbling experience. Wow. Well, thank you. We did a whole show and didn't talk about naked mole rats. Not once. Thank you. We'll do it again. Carol <laughs> right. I'm Ron Aaron. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS on air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.